to say that last time oh people yeah. wouldn't know it's true i'm zeleny i'm cameron what are we <sighs> discussing today well we're discussing the truman show but i also i think i got some requests to tell or i should tell about what happened to me a couple of days ago it's true i could just also before you get into that i want to say how excited and happy and thrilled and everything that I am right now because we just came back from watching a movie at the movie theaters. Yeah. Those right. things. It was quite a journey for me because I'm, I'm now in a boot yes. and <laughs> can't walk very well. It, it's so funny because the, the reason I want to talk about on the podcast is because we just talked about twilight and how Bella is like this clumsy oh, yeah, cliche. And at the end of twilight, Bella has, Oh, spoilers, but who cares? At twilight sucks. <laughs> Um, oh. <laughs> Bella has a boot Shade. like for her foot and she's clumsy and like oh, I'm a clumsy girl and now I have a boot and then I, I'm just like again like did Twilight do this to me am I clumsy because of Twilight or anyways <laughs> uh, I was going to the gym which I, I go occasionally for the past two months or so but the reason I was going to the gym th- that day was because I wanted to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Normally, though, you don't watch it at the gym, do you? No. So th- the past couple of weeks, I've been going to a bar or sometimes I go like before that. I usually watch it the day after on Fridays. I just I hate I'm I'm scared to get spoilers on Twitter. So I've been like trying to see it live more. But hey, I mean, maybe we should have a bill proposed in Congress for there to be a <laughs> like spoiler limit. <laughs> on, no, I mean, you can mute you know, stuff. 40, 48 hour period or 72 hour period. You can mute stuff on Twitter. I just don't feel like going and doing it. You know, I was just trying to watch it live. And so I went to the gym and it's all it's it's long that every episode's long. So I was on the elliptical for like 50 minutes. What? Yeah. Get that is that's so long right and then i was going i was like okay i better do something else i couldn't breathe after (laughs) 30 i'm like i'm tired i i need to go i need to like get a mat and do some stretches or something and fake it just to watch the show and then i go to get the mat which is behind a weight rack of kettle kettle weights what are they called i have you're barking up the wrong tree okay that knowledge (laughs) well the the weights that aren't like dumbbells but they're like a kettle they're they're like a ball with a handle on it (laughs) and so i reach behind it to get the mat and as i'm getting the mat i tip over one of the weights which it's it 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 should be noted the mats are never rolled up properly well that that one was it was just in such a dangerous place clearly and then so i tipped over the weight onto (gasps) my toe and on your toe yeah which one the left (gasps) big toe oh yeah, and I fractured it. So now uh, I had crutches Fracture the first alert. couple of days, and now I can kind of walk on the boot. But it's been rough. It's been really rough. Hashtag justice for the big toe. 
Yeah, for sure. It it hurt a lot, and it was pretty traumatizing, especially for someone that hates the gym already. <laughs> I'm not someone that likes hey, going to the hate gym. Hate is a hard word. It's true. It's accurate. So that's what happened. It's very tragic, and it's so pathetic because I was just trying to see you drag race. I wasn't even at the gym for a I noble reason. I call it pathetic. <laughs> I wasn't even doing weights, which like is more badass, you know. I was just trying to watch drag race on a mat and you know <laughs> that oh. happened so we should write to rupaul and <laughs> let him know the, the 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 links you went just to it's w- true. watch his show all, all i mean i, mean, I would settle got, for you got like blood on the line here <laughs> i know all i need all i want now is, is a plug for hikey book club from rupaul Oh my God! Just he already saw oh so many gosh. things, you know. He could. Just it's <laughs> true. Get us some listeners. So. I have to admit, Zeleny has been really pulling me on to the RuPaul train. I've been despite my accident. I hold nothing against RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> I've been joining in, and I'm. I, I love this season. Hopefully, by the end of it, we will get to do an episode. What? That's true. The, when's it supposed to end? I'm not sure. We're only on, we're on like episode five. Do right you think now. it'll be like July 4th? <gasps> no, it'll be sooner. But that's good to warn people. I mean, just that one of our upcoming episodes close to the finale is going to be about RuPaul's Drag Race season 10 that mm. caused my accident. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. Water on that's the bridge. <laughs> well, more exciting, maybe more exciting than even RuPaul's season finale is the truman show <laughs> well it's interesting because it's about reality it's reality tv and this is a huge commentary on reality tv huge huge <laughs> and the best part is that it's from 1998 which predates reality tv right uh, or you took you took a whole class so right now is it's a moment of truth your test what year did reality tv show begin? oh well this reality TV this is begin? certainly a matter of of great debate in media studies, it, it's it's impossible to say because we have different versions of what would become what I think we now regard as reality TV. One line of argument says that you could trace the beginnings of reality TV back to the Cold War era during what was known as candid camera and other sorts of mind experiment tests that were being conducted at the time. But what was like the first reality TV as we know it kind of, was it like Survivor or Big Brother or? So not Big Brother. Not Big Brother. But you're on it with Survivor. American Idol. The two of them kind of together are considered these big beginnings. Definitely Survivor. So that's 2001. Or 2000. I can't exactly remember. But then really the the real reality TV show that started it all, which was in the uh, before the Truman Show. I mean, the, the, yeah, to your point, definitely uh, Survivor was after the, the Truman Show came out, but only mm-hmm. a year or two after. Uh, whereas the show that kicked off what we now regard as many of the common techniques in uh, reality TV, who the, the show that really set this all up was The Real World. Oh, that was before? Mm-hmm. <gasps> The real world. I'm MTV. Yeah. You're, we're what? thinking like 92, 93. Again, I did not expect this conversation to come up. Why so not? I would have had my facts in front of me. <laughs> Again, we have an opening for any sort of fact checker who wants to work for Heike Book Club. Just tweet us privately. 
<laughs> and no, no, no. Uh, just, just, uh, yeah, it would be nice. I <laughs> no, mean, I, listen. or I, like if I could have a table or I could just type in the fact, that'd be so cool. So real world. Okay. That makes sense. That do you think the Truman show was a little bit responding to that? Not responding. Like, I have directly. no clue because I've never watched the real world. It's like teens, right? It is. In the house. I'm the only, uh, the, I'm only familiar with the real world because of my research on it regarding it was responsible for shifting MTV's focus from music mm-hmm. to reality television, which is in itself maybe like a special episode <laughs> worth exploring. But I don't think, I, I don't know if the Truman Show was as much a response to that as it was to a response. I mean, yeah, okay. It was like more of a general response, in my opinion, to how media has become a system of surveillance Mm -hmm. and also how in turn the culture has responded to receiving this technology and industry. And in my opinion, which I'm sure we're going to get into, they're trying to suggest that society has come to accept surveillance as uh, a norm of society. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it right now. We're going to take it back, I guess. So The Truman Show is is a movie starring... It's like a calm drum. A dramedy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Same thing. Calm drum. (laughs) That's a better term. Calm drum. Yeah. You heard it first on (laughs) High Key Book Club. Yeah, I I like that better than dramedy. It's true. I mean, it shows where your priorities are. Yeah. Dramcom. It's sci-fi dramedy. Sci-fi? What? sci-fi I've, I've seen it described as, sci- as sci-fi but listen okay so it it, it originally oh, you can see my face right now I'm like uh yeah, what <laughs> no good description <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the original <laughs> the original screenplay was very much sci-fi like strictly sci-fi very dark very black mirror i would assume well then this is a good example of the director like shifting he the changed tone. everything so i'm his, so glad his name is peter weir the other notable thing he did some notable things, but the main one I recognized was Dead Poet Society. Oh, um, got it. So he directed that with Robin Williams, him, and then the the writer was Andrew Nikolai. Nikolai, one screenwriter. Yes, but it seems like Peter Weir had so much. He wrote a bunch of backstories too. Like it seemed to be pretty collaborative. I mean, definitely the final product to me looks like a very well thought out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was so Peter Peace. Weir and all the things I saw. Apparently, he saw the script and was like, "All these dark parts, I I can make them lighter. I can oh. tell you originally how how it was darker. It, the premise of the the Truman Show was a little different. Was it really? Yeah. Um, In what way? Well, so it focused more on crime. So like crimes happening in front of Truman and seeing his reactions. Oh. So it was like a lot. Scarier. <laughs> That's like really interesting. Scary crimes, yeah. Instead, they shifted it to becoming this peaceful, perfect land. Yeah, like more of an idyllic. Which makes sense because that's, in my opinion, a little bit more of the type of society that television originally exactly. wanted to portray. That's why it ended up so good. Because if it had been dark, it would have just been another sci-fi. Which there's good ones, a lot of good ones, but like it's still all similar tones. But this mm-hmm. is very different. I think it really had to show the contrast because I think the reality is that this is... Well, actually, sorry. The reason Peter Weir gave for making it lighter because he wanted it to be most believable. So mm-hmm. he wanted us to think about like or to be able to see us watching the Truman show in that world like 
Like, I believe it. Like, but like you watch this movie and then you think, would I watch the Truman Show? I probably would in that society. I probably would too. Right. Yeah. So in the dark one, it just seemed too depressing for people to actually be able to see themselves actually watching something like this. Right. That was that was his reason for making it this this route of idyllic. So well, it definitely worked. It worked for me. Well, do you know what rating it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. What? 89%? No. 88? Nope. I have no clue. You have no faith in this movie. It's 94. That's incredible. That's my favorite number. <laughs> and the budget was $60 million. I saw that Jim Carrey got paid $12 million, which Whoa, was... Oh, that's a pretty big salary. Well, it was a big pay cut for him. He normally does 20 What? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So, I he, mean, he got a cut because it was a drama and that was his first. Hmm. That is still really interesting. I mean, it makes sense. At this point in his career, he was probably one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood at the time because, I mean, he, he really owned the 90s when it came to comedy mm-hmm. and film. He had his big break in 1994 with the three films Ace Ventura Pet Detective, then The Mask, then Dumb and Dumber. And then, so all three of those then movies came out that year. Liar, Liar, he did. Probably right, right before, before this. this movie. Right. Yeah, he and did. And that's an important movie for kind of starting his transition from exploring a little bit more into the family drama dynamic. Mm. Yeah, so I saw that he signed on for Truman Show in like 95, but wow. he was like, but you have to wait because He's I so have. He's so busy. Well, yeah, he had two movies already lined up. Right. He had the Batman. Oh. Yeah, he was. Well, he, yeah, he played a villain. In Batman Forever? <laughs> Forever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just what the 90s <laughs> was all about. Okay. I mean, I love that movie. We actually, like, <laughs> I would love to book club that movie. It's oh, it's like the perfect, hey, it's got Nicole Kidman. Oh, that doesn't help. I don't love Nicole Kidman. <sighs> She's good in Big Little Lies, but like, <laughs> it's not like Reese Witherspoon. I love Reese Witherspoon and I love Meryl Streep. I know. Uh, Reese Witherspoon <laughs> never got a Batman movie, unfortunately. She should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, she should be Batgirl. I loved that movie. It was one of my favorites, especially because Jim Carrey was in it. I was even the Riddler for Halloween one year. Oh. And there's there are funny photos on the internet of me in that costume somewhere. <laughs> I actually have a funny story about that costume that I'm not going to share here. Okay. Because well, it's inappropriate. <laughs> I was going to say save it for that book club. but uh, Maybe. I mean, definitely. I don't know. Ah. We'll see. <laughs> so I, that's definitely going to be in the uncut. <laughs> the untucked of <laughs> IQ book club. So, yeah, Jim Carrey then goes on to do Liar Liar. Yeah. And then where's the cable guy fall in this? I think it's right after this. Okay. Yeah. And then that, that movie was a little more controversial in terms of the role that he portrayed. But definitely we see... Uh, Jim Carrey at this time starting to make his first steps into uh, branching out of mm-hmm. the typecasting that I mean, he had become. A lot of people, like it seemed in in some of the behind the scenes stuff I was looking at and stuff, they really questioned. I mean, it makes sense when an actor has only shown one side of himself that everyone kind of questions the casting at first. But then everyone was like, wow, he's brilliant. Because, I mean, as we see in his later career too, like he's great at doing both and honestly jim carrey's a very as a person he's a very dark person it seems so it's like right yeah I mean, now he's doing really amazing paintings he is political politically charged that all the conservatives hate so like he's kind of a dark 
person. He's not this like happy, happy comedian, which I think a lot of comedians, that's the ironic thing is that they're more like dark on the inside and that's how they can bring out jokes. There's a really great documentary <laughs> on Netflix that kind of go he, where he goes a little bit deeper into this transition. Is it Jim for and him. Andy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't seen it. But well, it. so do you know what it's about? Well, I saw that it was something about him playing like a really hard role or something. Right. So it's actually right around this time. I think that that movie that it covers, it's behind the scenes footage of the shooting of Man on the Moon, which I believe came out, I want to say in 1999. Oh. So and, and that movie w- was where he he pl- it's a uh, biographical. It's a biopic where he's playing biopic. a comedian or biopic biopic Bi- biopic. No, it's a biopic. <laughs> I've always called it biopic. It looks like it when it's written, but like when people say it, they say biopic, which makes sense. That's so weird. Biopic? Yeah, like bio, biography. Makes me think like biology. The way you say it makes Uh, me think biology. Oh, maybe you're right. (laughs) Pass me the biopic (laughs) test tube. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Oh my gosh. I we should watch that. I agree. Documentary. Yeah, we should watch the movie too. (laughs) The movie is really great. (laughs) He's so Um, prolific. Yeah, and hey, he talks about how in that role he uh, tran- he began to transcend himself as this comedian by taking on by really diving in method acting wise into this character and role. So, and and he like through it found a new side of himself that was awoken, which I think was that dark side that this comedian that he's portraying was sort of known uh, for exploring, and it was difficult to categorize the Andy Kaufman comedian because he. I mean, really, it was performance art, what, what he did. It was under the guise of comedy. But that comedian was working in the late 70s. And so it was a different time. And it was certainly more radical than I think it would be now for a comedian to do something like that. So that's why his his life is sort of important in that way. And also because he, he died so, so soon. Yeah, Jim Carrey, really, I mean, really proved himself. It's just this, this movie was the first yeah. to show him in a different way it's so true and so i'm really excited to dive into it do we have anything else on the review um let's just play our budget game and then we can move on to spoilers well you already told me it was 60 million oh yeah i did but box office we got to figure out how much it got back yeah oh i don't know you know i'm so afraid because american audiences are always like they're i don't know maybe more fickle with something like this um, I agree. I'm going to say that it came in with modest results and go, oh my gosh, let's say it made 90 million domestically. No, was it more? Yeah. Okay, that's good. It was 125. I was gonna say 120. That was gonna be my next guess. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, and worldwide? Uh, uh, I guess 200 million. 264. 264. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so cool. Yeah, I think it was. It was pretty successful. I, I Who mean, made it? Like, what production was it? Like Paramount. Warner Brothers. Paramount yeah. got it. And it was nominated for a lot of awards. It was nominated for three Oscars, and but Jim Carrey wasn't nominated, and it wasn't for Best Picture either. It was for Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Supporting Actor for the the guy that plays like the the producer. Not Paul Giamatti. Oh, Ed Harris? Yeah, him. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Best supporting? Yeah. You don't agree? You don't think he's supporting? Absolutely not. No. You think he's a protagonist? Oh, no. I I just don't think he played an important... I mean, he does play an important role. He's like the guy. No spoilers. 
and it is good. It is a good acting job by Ed Harris. I'll admit. Uh, but it's but a I good just acting like, job by Jim Carrey. Yes. <laughs> so we should we should talk a little bit more about that. It's just like I think that this is an important instant instance to think about and and sort of dissect because Jim Carrey was probably he had his his reputation influence. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Wow. I felt like the um, shady. Oh, definitely. I think the Academy was not ready to nominate somebody like Jim Carrey for Best Actor. And to this day, that's why he hasn't. I don't even think he was nominated in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which we've covered here that's on High Keeper Club. Oh. <laughs> if you want to go back in time. That's messed up. Pre-microphone days. It's true. <laughs> wow. It is messed up. That's really messed up. And I think that's what what's usually why this comes to uh, the attention of, I guess, <laughs> movie nerds or whatever you want to call us is that he was nominated for the golden globe was he not he was yeah and so you know he got these nominations it's like the golden globe organization was ready to acknowledge him as an actor and his performances he was also nominated for man on the moon for the golden globe and and it was like the golden globes nominated him both times and then the academy ignored him wow that's messed up. Well, I I think we definitely know that the Academy is known for more than a few messed up things. You're shady today. Hey. <laughs> hey. I love... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, let's move on. This is an old movie, so spoiler part coming now. This is the spoiler land? Yeah, we're in spoiler Wow, land. you just jumped right in. Yeah. Smooth transition. It's like, cut tape. <laughs> that's me trying to put a like, new cassette tape into oh, it. Oh, great. I mean, that's fitting. Oh, I have a million things. <laughs> we're so blessed to have digital technology to just take care of all of this for us. Back yes, in the day. But, yeah, mm. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the production meeting. So mm-hmm. there's just so many things that this movie, like, can be applied to especially now i mean that's the coolest thing like we right away when we were watching it we were like wow this is so relevant to today it's true would you recommend this film yes of course i would too i mean i would be a little shocked if you haven't seen it already yeah i mean it's it's amazing yeah you gotta go definitely you have no excuse sorry if yeah we're in the spoilers but it's on netflix it is on netflix so it was it's so easy it's good it's so good it's it's relevant and it's been 20 years 20 years 20 years years and it's relevant it's so relevant to i just i was like oh my god this is like the life of influencers now what we call influencers and that's a good point didn't you think about that i i figured because it's just i follow so many influencers and it's like they're just constantly having to like just show everything about their life vlog it Post, make posts on every platform and they sell you like almost everything the products are just laced inside of it yeah just totally. like in the truman show exactly like they and i mean it's hard for me because most of them that i follow and i follow lots of old ones and new ones and they they'll tell you when it is sponsored like that's why the older ha- ones will no all of them oh right they'll, they'll say hashtag spawn or wh- hashtag ad hashtag whatever oh really yeah and and they're usually transparent about it that's the thing like even when they're transparent about it they're so genuine that you just believe them like i 
buy stuff all the time that they tell me to. And I'm just like, I, I mean, are I, you ever displeased with the products or are you always pleased no i'm pretty pleased you think that they steer you in the right direction generally? yeah like that's the thing like they gain your trust i don't know since they're like they feel like more like real people they're not actors i think the maybe maybe the cool thing about it is it's sort of like they they serve as the filters for products out there in advertising it's world. true but you never know like always in the back of my mind of course i'm thinking like are they just getting paid like enough that they don't care to be genuine i think that the reality is that they understand that how important it is to preserve their audience and that people are going to stop watching if they recommend products that are not good so that's a positive way to look at it i hope yeah. i hope you're right but i mean i just you know corporate greed is i'm pretty sure that now i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure they get more offers than they say yes to it's true it's true especially the big ones so right that makes sense but also they get everything for free. So it's like easy to promote something when you get it for free. I think, the, but they're not, oblo- <laughs> they're, they're not obligated to. Right, right. I know. But anyway, like I, I do always question in the back of my mind, but I do trust them a lot. And I'm sure like in the show, in the, in the movie, they trusted Truman. How does, how does one get started as an influencer? Well, that's a whole other, <laughs> oh. <laughs> a whole can of worms, but lots of ways. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and I, I'm just thinking also about how this this reminded me of not just influencers, but maybe like child reality stars that don't have a choice. So I'm thinking like because I, I I watch Dance Moms, and there was kids that started on there that are five. It's a good point. There are whatever five or six, and and I think Dance Moms is still going, like the show, and they're they're teens now, and they they had no choice in the matter, and a lot of them now are influencers and they make youtube videos like the show isn't really with the same people anymore they they have younger kids so it's the cycle keeps going but it seems like they, they moved on to like the influencer thing because they have this audience from dance moms but it's almost like they were just forced into this life like they didn't actually choose it speaking of being forced i mean i thought it was crazy how the architect if you'll call him the creator i think is what he's called ed harris's character he wanted to his his big goal inside in mind was to have the first on-air conception bragging about it Ugh. <laughs> on like an interview yeah. it was like so weird how like the network was self-interviewing itself too it's like the olympics they see that <laughs> yeah there's that it's just it's so twisted but we say it's twisted but we have it all the time. We have all these shows, reality shows with kids on it. And that's and they don't have a choice. Just it's like a good Truman. point. And I think that exactly. I think it's important to understand how easy it is for these television companies to put a veil on whatever it is that they're showing. And we just suck it up as entertainment without really thinking about the lives of the people on the air and mm-hmm. showing how they're being affected. Like now seeing, cause I've seen some videos of like the dance moms kids now and like the videos that they make and stuff. And you can just feel it that they don't necessarily want this life. I mean, they, they, they all, they seem to have very glamorous lives and stuff, but they, they, they say like, I feel like we didn't really have a childhood and they're, they're like, 14 year old kids they're not that old and to be saying those things it's like oh poor kids yeah your childhood was robbed a little bit is this a product of capitalism i don't know it's a product of whatever the hell they're showing in the truman show it's like media just, deregulation we just want 
anyone we care about. We just want to see them all the time. More content, more content. You know, I've been talking a lot about this lately in the past couple of weeks, uh, mm-hmm. and I've, it's been really important to me to think about more and more how I really feel like stardom, uh, you can trace how how the concept of stardom and cr- being a star has been a fabrication, ha- has been something that has been invented for mass consumption, to sell mass audiences. <laughs> Yeah. Literally just to sell us things. And so, exactly. I mean, that's what commercials are in exactly. between our, what we want to see. Exactly. I mean, it's a whole thing. And and it's so interesting for me now thinking full circle. The whole reason why I really got into movies and acting especially was because of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey to me was just the biggest star. And he was so great. And he was the reason in the 1990s when I was watching him that I wanted to pursue acting because I thought I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be the goofy guy. So I was always the goofy guy in the class classroom class clown all that jazz and then as i've grown up and been able to really understand stardom for what it is and what it requires of you and the pressures i hey i'm much happier being behind the microphone just talking about it (laughs) and yeah it's literally all eyes on you all the time and it's just and the truman show it's literal but in real life it's very much true as well it's like Anything you do, people are going to find out about it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how, like, all these scandals come about. Of Like, like influencers always, they're getting in trouble for, like, some tweet they posted when they were 13 that's, like, po- problematic and <laughs> stuff like that. And it's, like, they're 20 years old. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> it's just everything you do is being watched. Like, or any mess up. Like, it's just... People it's a, will call you out. It's an incredibly big issue. And I think, again, you know, going back to the timelessness of this movie and speaking to just how relevant it is, more relevant probably today than it was then. Yeah. I mean, it was I like think ahead it, of its time. It definitely was. It prefaced all this stuff, but literally everyone is just selling you things. And mm-hmm. This is what I use in my everyday life. It's not like even this is a commercial. It's like I use this, you know, it's <laughs> and I believe them. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I just I love that scene, that moment when uh Truman calls out his wife for like what are you talking who are you, about? Who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's so creepy. It is, and it's it's just like that scene, oh I just could have watched that scene over and over because it's so well constructed mm-hmm. where it starts in one place and it ends in a totally different place. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Speaking of scenes, I mean, do you, do you think that we should go into a summary? Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, I, I, would like, I was going to say, like, in a couple of sentences. So Truman was adopted by a media corporation as a baby, as a fetus before he was born. And they decided to, like, film his whole life and make a world for him. Uh, full of actors and it's just broadcast live 24 7 yeah so they literally have this giant uh, massive what the one of the uh two or three man-made structures that can be seen from space oh right (laughs) (laughs) you know it's a real city or town that they filmed it in in florida in florida yeah Oh, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It it I believe that. I've seen I've seen America. Oh, <laughs> I've seen some of America. Okay. It's amazing. I mean, it's just like it, the United States is incredible. I mean, being in Texas, I feel like we don't get as exposed to uh other types of like towns. These are like like little towns, mid-sized towns in America, but yeah. Right, Super right. cute. Yeah, um, very like 
idyllic mm-hmm. for sure. And it's in this dome, this giant dome yeah. is right behind Hollywood. Yeah, in Burbank. In that's Burbank. why that's why so this this kid's name, they name him Truman Burbank, which is like of the most like symbolic or like literal name for him. It's like he's the only true man, like real person in this little society they create for him. And his last name's Burbank, which is where the dome is. And so he he he's about almost thirty, and he starts they start slipping up a little bit, and one thing leads to another. He starts kind of figuring out. Well, what happens, in my opinion, someone is someone tells yeah. Oh, I girl. I well yeah yeah yeah. But it he makes didn't sense. really notice it then, but he did. It's like I don't know. It's just love. I mean, it, I we don't have to get into why. You should watch the movie. <laughs> but he <laughs> starts not? figuring it out. He's motivated by this girl that he met once that's on the like on the outside world. There's obviously some protests and stuff trying to liberate Truman, which makes sense for something controversial like this. Exactly. And she's part of one of those people that wants to liberate him. And she she tried, but she he and he remembers her and wants to be with her and is trying to figure out what's up with his world and why i mean he's trying to leave it to go find her but he doesn't really realize he's leaving the dome he's trying to leave the dome right so when he notices her and it's not part of the the narrative that the producers the creators have created for truman the the entire life they've done their best to really fabricate and guide this entire story for his life mm-hmm. so he, to because they need dissolve big, like, the ideal milestone moments that and so i think that's what the problem is with this movie is that they just totally like why they get exposed really is because they dissolve any room for him to make a choice mm-hmm. and because it makes sense because i mean they no have human the, can live in there to those conditions yeah they have actors under contract so like this actor has to be the one that plays <laughs> you know oh my god and, and <laughs> think about the actors like they have yeah. to commit their whole life to this show yeah. and that's what made me think wild about the uh, best friend character mm-hmm. what was his name i forget because like bud <laughs> i think louis was the actor's name uh well no i think louis was his name it doesn't matter the best friend so the best friend <laughs> That character, I mean, it seemed like that character or that actor had been uh, in Truman's life longer even than the girlfriend. And so that's what was like a little bit interesting to think about when they have that important scene uh, where Truman confronts him about these feelings that he's been having of uh, being followed and all the time and how the world revolves around Truman. And then his best friend goes, well, like, you know, I've been there ever since and that means that i'd have to be on it too now of course we find out that he's being fed all of these lines Mm -hmm. through an earpiece but the fact remains that this actor has dedicated so much of his life to truman's that i mean at least the emotion is probably real but or or it's some some degree of it is real but i mean yeah obviously they're getting a paycheck so that's all they care about yeah i i digress i mean so what the important part is about the meeting the other girl that propels the plot actually is that when so i guess it's like his junior senior year of high school or whatever maybe college uh when he sees 
the girl. That's way specific. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're so the girl gets uh, abducted by the producers, the creators, and when he's trying to, when, when Truman is uh, trying to save her, the father, supposed father, uh, character actor, is saying, "Fiji, we're going to Fiji." Mm-hmm. And so that is what that's the only place that Truman cares about going to. He wants to go to Fiji. So he is making these choices to try to call travel agency um, and book a flight, take a bus to wherever Chicago to guess, get a flight to Fiji. He's trying to get to Fiji and he, he just can't. And every uh, force in the world that he lives in is trying to prevent him from moving and going and exploring the rest of the world. And yeah. You know, and then we get to the midpoint of the movie where he has decided he's so convicted that he wants to drive there on his own. Obviously, the water is the barrier for him. And the only way to get, uh, I guess, out of this town is by crossing the bridge of uh, the water area. And in order to do it, closes his eyes and um, forces his actor wife to drive them over the uh, bridge so then they get across and then there's too specific he gets (laughs) to the edge of the dome and there's a nuclear and and there's a nuclear reaction they can watch the movie to get the details it's the summary just generally so that we remember but they're just all so good they all mean something of course but we don't have time for that so he makes it to the edge of the dome and the producer man his name is Christoph. He's talking to him and they have their final kind of face off and Truman chooses to leave instead of stay when Kristoff like was trying to convince him to stay. So consolidated. What do you think of the like I've seen it also compared a lot to religion and all the, like the religious metaphors, especially uh, at the end. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before on Ike Book Club. Yeah. It's not something that I have much expertise oh. in or experience. I see. So I can't really give too much valuable content on that other than from an outsider's perspective well the the thing i've just seen it compared to is like christoph is like god talking from above especially it's mainly the last scene like from the sky and he's ascending into heaven like through the stairs you know right that kind of thing and if you think about how it it symbolizes the world literally that they're in that, that, that that dictates the whole environment of his life then this this character this this god you know force has always been controlling everything for all of his life and so it makes sense that if that was the case like why the society would reflect what we think of as religion yeah because there are all these controls over what you can and cannot do yeah it's kind of symbolizes either living leaving religion or going to heaven do you think that religion is more about what you cannot do than it is what you can do oh yeah but I'm not the right person to ask. Uh, I won't give the most. I, I clearly am on a, a side. <laughs> I'm not unbiased. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, definitely, in my opinion. <laughs> but I just. Was there uh, church in the Truman Show? I don't know. I guess not. <laughs> that would be too, like, it's just you, like you wouldn't want to alienate any of your audience. If it was. It's just so weird to think that he was exposed exposed to the globe and just never right that's left. what i was thinking like i'm surprised they would teach him such, right like everything true to reality but also i was thinking like to counterpoint myself i thought like 
Well, they want it as real as possible. So like the audience relates as much uh, as possible. That's um, a good point. You know, so like it's literally like because the more you relate, the more like you care. I so guess. that's what I think is an important segue to talk about the creator's intentions, because mm. this film opens up with the close up of his face talking to this camera on you know television where the creator talks about how they're. The first line of the movie is they wanted to, you know, all the actors that they saw nowadays were inauthentic and their goal was to create an uh, authentic acting experience. Mm. So it's like, you know, they're dissatisfied with the crappy acting that's out there in the world today. So the, I guess, heart in some regard is the art of what they're trying to pursue in terms of entertainment and theater. But at what cost? ethically is the important part of the film and where I feel like he as an artist gets blindsided, especially thinking about how, I don't know. It's so strange. I think like he could probably care less about the media attention and the product placement, all the money that's coming in from it. I don't know. Maybe I know you can maybe argue me about that. Whereas he, I, I really think he is the one person of the outside Truman world outside Truman that that cares about the artistry that is happening. You mean Kristoff? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kristoff, the one named. That's that. And it no, goes he even, has a last name. I just don't know it. No, they show it in the uh, movie as him being introduced as Kristoff, the oh. creator. Oh, okay. It's just one name. I noticed it. I was, um, and it's just ironic and funny. Well, it's also like a, another reference to religion. Kristoff. I don't know. <laughs> I saw it somewhere. Is that a biblical name? Christ. Christoph? But Christ is. Oh, it comes from Christ? Yeah. Oh. Like anointed or something. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he he cares about the artistry, but also I'm sure he cares about the money. I'm sure he does too. I just think it's important to note how he is the most... I feel like we get all the hints that he's the most invested in the, the concept of it as mm. art. Whereas everybody else has taken advantage of it. Maybe that's really more to the point is that what was in his mind, a very well-intentioned idea quickly became more so of a packaged experience that many forces took advantage of. I guess so. That being the networks and advertisers. Yeah. I saw there was like, I saw some things about the backstory to like a lot of the things that Peter Weir, the director, sort of wrote about that were backstory. Uh huh. Apparently, it started with like just a house, Truman's house, and that was like the show. Um, I see. And like, and this is all fictional. I'm not talking about like how the screenplay was made, but like the show inside the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to be clear, because it's one of those show within a movie. It's confusing. So, so I, or, originally, right? <laughs> originally, they wanted just to show like a year of a baby, like growing up, like the first year of a baby, because people like babies, or I don't know. And it was just like in Truman's house, and then they just kept like adding to it and adding to it, and like more milestones happen, like with babies, like first steps and whatever. It's like it's so funny to me how that literally became like three or five seconds in the movie. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, this was, I mean, this was more to inform, it was to inform the characters. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the actors playing all these characters. Got it. So to inform Krista, Ed Harris, like just for their own acting. These backstories weren't meant for us necessarily at all. I also saw that they, like speaking of meta, they, Peter Weir wanted to install cameras in every screening and have the movie cut to the audience at one point wow like on yourself and ah, <laughs> i mean these, these filmmakers are rebels with a cause <laughs> yeah there is very novelty i feel like that's 20 years still hasn't been done i know but it's amazing to think that they they were thinking like that yeah it's so interactive like it is. people now i feel like would be like ooh, interactive let's do it <laughs> right oh yeah well <laughs> but that's the whole point of the movie i i really loved the costumes in the truman show because it's so funny <laughs> have a, a truman award to the costume yeah, designer because it's funny because they look like costumes and that's the whole point like they like her nurse they really do her nurse outfit's the one that gets me the most like he's it's so like Halloween, like oh my god! Nurse. You just like reminded me of how funny it is that she has to come up with with language of being a doctor oh. and nurse. Well, everyone that's like and then the just surgeon playing. scene. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just playing like these professions that they know nothing about. Uh, scalpel. <laughs> yeah, oh it's funny. It's just funny to see how it's it's so many layers of <laughs> like the actors have to act. Like actors, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, but I love the costumes. They're so, like, put together. And, like, the boss, like, his hair is all, like, perfectly gelled. And, like, he has this little sweater. I don't know. It's just <laughs> very, just, like, put together by an art department. <laughs> I can't believe that they constructed an entire hospital. And <laughs> like they actually had, like, all these props in there. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> big production here yeah it also reminded me kind of of like the royals in england and stuff however Mm. like the royal wedding is like such a big deal right right well yeah i mean like he's became that's true and sort of how truman was artificially built up to be this prince yeah it's just why do we care introducing a new love interest uh later in the uh coming weeks (laughs) yeah i remember when William and Kate got married, it was such a big deal. And I was like watching all of it, like on E and stuff. And now looking back, I'm like, why did I care at all? Like, <laughs> not that I cared that much back then, but I still watched it. I'm like, why did I watch it? Like, yeah, that's weird. It's like, they're Wait, just they're, these they're British people I don't care about. They're like so far away. They're not even our own overlords. Exactly. Like maybe if they were ours, yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> no, you don't even care now. If it was like President Trump. Well, I definitely wouldn't care. But if it was Obama, I would care. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm surprised that there hasn't been like an Obama's reality show spinoff. They're too classy for that. Of course they are. Trump wants that, I'm sure, of himself. You know how popular that would be, though? Oh, don't tell me about they that. They should just like no. make a, like somebody should parody it <laughs> with like I'm actors sure of all have. of them. Uh, I don't know. So I, I also thought of like the Matrix a bit with this. Makes sense. A lot. And especially how the Matrix was like the next year. Huh? Oh. Oh. So maybe there was like a theme going Whoa. on around this time. Well, everyone was scared of reality TV and they were right. And Y2K. 
Y2K, which we never got to talk about in uh, The Matrix. Sorry. No, 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 no. This was okay. a different kind of simulation, but still very much like a Matrix type simulation of simulation. Theme? Yeah. And thinking hey. about how you don't have control. Wow. Yeah. I did not expect that comparison. You didn't? No. I, I was like... I mean, it makes matrix. sense, but I just didn't expect it. Yeah, it's crazy they're a year apart. Wow. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought The Hunger Games, another one, or it's like live broadcast, that's a cool thing, whatever. What? It's just... That's the Hunger later. Games put a bad taste in my mouth, no pun intended. <laughs> Took me a minute, but... <laughs> Right. <laughs> Sorry. I like the book. That's why I'm attached it. to it. Yeah. Movie, I just I can't read. Much. You know, I don't read. You can. That's why, that's why this book club is movies. <laughs> not movies. I can <laughs> okay. watch movies. Got it. Did you ever, I feel like people tell me this. I don't necessarily remember from myself, but like, I feel like it's a lot of people's like childhood fear or something that like in a Truman Show kind of world. Did you ever have that fear? Like, as a child, did you ever think, like, everyone's Absolutely. an actor? Yeah. Really? Truly. I, <laughs> I, it was funny for me, though, because I was having uh, some of these feelings, I think, a little heavily, more heavily when I was just out of high school. Oh. Like, that's 19 recent. years old. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's called paranoia. Oh. Well, they, they made a whole Which, disease named after Truman Show, like Truman Phenomenon or something. It's called Truman Dis Phenomenon? No, just Phenomenon. <laughs> no Interesting. Diss. I definitely have that paranoia. Really? Not, 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 not anymore, but I, ha- I have had it. I feel like I've had thoughts before, but not nothing too deep. Well, I won't go into too much detail here on the show, but I have definitely been on the bus at one point in my life in Houston, back when I was, I'd say, 19. And it felt like I, I had taken the bus to the mall and to, it's called the Galleria in Houston. And I swear, I thought everybody on the bus and everybody along the, the way were planted there for trying to sway me into a per- specific direction that would incriminate me. And oh I'm, my God. I know. And I felt so scared. That's but so that was a little scary. bit that was less about like actors in terms of a TV show and me being filmed and more like. Me being filmed and followed in order to make me confess. Oh, my God. That's scary. I, yeah. <laughs> but that's a that's a different type of show. Maybe I'll, I'll write that screenplay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I never had that intense thoughts. Just like I've had thoughts of like no one else is real. Like more like simulation type thoughts mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. actors. But, you know, yeah, I think it's like part of being human i remember i i cried when i realized this is the philosophical hour on i keep a club i mean with this movie i knew i was gonna get there because that's just the nature but i remember i had i had like a breakdown when i was like five when i realized everyone dies Uh, wow it took you five years old (laughs) you you realized that before that I just had like I a breakdown remember. because I, I thought about it too long. You know, sometimes when you like, there's things you shouldn't think about too long. It's true. And I definitely and I was too young for that. Between the age of five to 10, I remember some solid moments of looking in the mirror and going, you're going to die. one." Day. Yeah, I was in the mirror. <laughs> I was in the mirror, too. Yeah. I was crying in the mirror. Like, crying. I'm going to die. My whole family's going to die. I was smiling. 
Well, I was. <laughs> no, I'm I wasn't smiling. So, yeah. Yeah. That. I was more like, was... oh, I don't have pimples yet. No, you weren't. Yeah. You don't know what pimples were. I didn't, but I <laughs> found out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the main breakdown I remember having. I wish they had shown like Truman during puberty. That would have been hilarious. I mean, they did. It's implied. Kind of, sort not, of. Not like yeah. they did on the movie. I just mean in the show. Like yeah. in the society. Well, do you have any other critical discussion points that you'd like to bring up? I don't I don't think so. This Would you watch the Truman show? Would I watch it? Yeah. Oh, Not if it was movie. real? Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, honestly, I'd probably be on the protest side. I, I don't believe you. <laughs> you watch RuPaul. <laughs> well, oh, that's so interesting. We talked about I kind of I think I made this comparison uh off air. But I, I talked about how reality TV, the structure of it, is sort of this. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like the right term is neoliberal. Mm. My 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 NYU uh, friend, Greg, maybe that's who my shout out will be today. <laughs> I have a shout out to yeah. Good. Well, so he is a he's a graduate uh, student performance studies, and he apparently is always talking about the neoliberal apparatus that is now a common construction in media uh, and art in the art world. So how uh, thinking about the concept of the Truman show, if it was real uh, and how reality TV and all of what you've brought up today, how reality TV, when we really think about it is in some sense, this uh, modern slave labor. Mm. Was that not what you were thinking? No, but I mean, that definitely applies to the Truman Show. Right. <laughs> I think it, it does in how in reality TV, these actors aren't paid. The, the, what we're I seeing. Don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it works. So the main talent, I'm pretty sure you're not paying for it. These are people mm. that are offered, like they, they audition only, to be only on Only like it. the winner gets paid. Right. Right. And that's the whole point. Right. They are what they what they are given is obviously the the lure the chance of winning the main prize mm-hmm. during the series there are little contests little competitions mini contests that uh, you can get small prizes and the chance of stardom and i think that yeah. that's the important part is thinking about uh we in my reality tv class we talked about it as what's called the ordinary celebrity Mm-hmm. and how it's sort of the reality TV version of star and being a star. And so you get that ex- TV exposure and the producers who are, you know, basically the, if you will, the slaveholders, geez, uh, I, I don't want, I mean, it's kind of dark radical. and grim, Ra- a little radical, but I think there's some truth to it because uh, at the end of the day, they are the uh, people that are profiting the most off of the least amount of work. Well, they do a lot of work. They hope, plan the whole plot lines <laughs> no 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 yes, 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 no, yes. no 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 <laughs> i think they have a different team that is thinking about that uh, i don't I, know i think that I it's mainly a vehicle for the host's personality for when they're being a, for for at least when they're on screen and also if the sh- if the show is in their name uh at least um you're being very targeting at rubal <laughs> i know i'm so sorry <laughs> no it's okay but it's it's just it's just interesting uh, in terms of how it's all structured because I feel like at the end of the day these uh, reality TV sh- contestants mm-hmm. are 
the people that are really working the hardest and giving up the most of their time and screen time to not get hardly anything well, out but of it. they after that they're made for life they can just like tweet out like buy this product and they're paid <laughs> not really but i'm just saying like they they have a platform that if they use it wisely they can really just be pretty comfortable and they're pretty young so it, it definitely depends on the reality show you're on like yes if it's like more creative and like like project runway or drag race like you can actually you do the work that you're doing right like designing or being a drag queen you know like you get paid for shows and stuff but like if it's something like teen mom and stuff then that isn't necessarily a talent (laughs) (laughs) that those are the reality stars that i think really suffer because they don't they can't do anything with the platform Mm -hmm. other than maybe become influencers but like I think it's it's hard because that takes a lot of work too. I just think it's unfair that they willingly subject themselves f- uh, with a f- I think false sense of hope and stardom uh, in order to really bring the profits to the people that are producing the show. So that's just my take on it. Yeah. Hey, I'm not trying to say that I don't appreciate my fair slice of reality TV from time to time. <laughs> uh, it's certainly entertaining. But I just think keeping that in context is important and uh, you can see that structure represented uh, in the Truman Show. I mean, that's kind of showing the extreme, but like it it seems very, it definitely seems believable at the same time. Yep. Hey, well, that's what, you know, swift editing and (laughs) camera position is all about in Jim Carrey. (laughs) It's true. Wow. You bring up another, well, I'm not going to go into it now. What? Well, so just on a final note, what we also talked about in the reality tv show is uh what's a characteristic of an ordinary celebrity and what is required out of one and Charisma, what happens uniqueness nerve and talent more or less it's it, well <laughs> i know talent is subjective but right. <laughs> uh, I definitely the nerve and what we go into is thinking about how the most successful reality tv stars are the ones that are the most, I guess, for lack of better words, outrageous. The ones that really go for the uh, punch for the, also, what we call the money shot. <laughs> there's also race and gender there that are, goes yeah. into it. Attractiveness. Yes. Like definitely that. It's stereotype. Yeah. All of this feed. These are all uh, factors that feed into what makes a reality TV star. But just, uh, I guess, thinking about how. The successful ones are the ones that are exuberant and have and the beautiful. loudest. Right. Right. And Jim Carrey and the Truman Show is outrageous. He's oh, loud yeah. and he looks beautiful. Well, that's why they. He's a sexy man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. No. He's your idol. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely why they chose Jim Carrey, even though some people were skeptical. They wanted this person that could be very likable to absolutely. Like I mean, he's got a million, and you know, <laughs> I feel like he's got a million dollar smile. Yeah, obviously course. it's worth more him. than a million dollars. Well, twelve million for the, <laughs> just the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it makes sense that they went with Jim Carrey, like someone more exuberant like that. So, what's your final grade? A plus. A plus. Okay, good. <laughs>
the and in my opinion, I feel like the best thing about this movie is that it's everything. Everything is the best thing about this movie. It's amazing. Like from the first shot to the last shot. I honestly like I was kind of putting it off and Cameron was getting mad at me because I was putting it off so long. But like it's just so good. It's like almost overwhelming. Like it's too brilliant. You know, <laughs> it's like blinding. <laughs> Truly. I, and that, I Yeah, that's why I'm like, I just would love to see how the revisions of the script worked because literally they had like 12 revisions. Oh. Jeez. I mean, you can tell like this has been super thought out every single shot. They had these two years when Jim Carrey was busy and they they rewrote it 12 times. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very perfected. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. It's a good piece of work. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Speaking of like the first shot to last shot, I just I had noted uh, right after at the end of the movie from watching it, rewatching it with Zeleny that the it's amazing how the first shot is talking about acting and the dissatisfaction of it and from an industry perspective and then how the final shot is of these recurring characters that we see out in the real world uh the uh, they're the parking lot attendants um in their cubicle watching on a small little tv screen and as soon as the transmission is cut Mm -hmm. for the final last time they're they're just like for a brief second disappointed and then they just move about move their on. lives yeah they move on with their normal day-to-day lives well, and they're like what else is on yeah they watch something else and that's very uh, that's a perfect ending like that's how society is exactly like, after like we just podca- want to be entertained after this podcast you'll move on to your next podcast you know that's just <laughs> how it is <laughs> oh i feel bad because there's a couple shout outs that I really need to do soon because loyal listeners from the beginning, but I wanted to shout out Cameron for t- taking me to urgent care and <laughs> helping me out this weekend with my limp foot. What? Yeah. His He's name is Cameron too? No. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, was that me? Yeah, that was you. Uh, wow. <laughs> cool thank you that's so nice yeah. i wonder if i'll ever shout you out <laughs> great <laughs> uh, yeah wouldn't that be crazy if my shout out today was a lenny no it shouldn't be i've been okay. very useless because <laughs> i hurt my foot but cameron's been really helpful just getting things for me and just helping me around the house do my laundry stuff don't take walking for granted <laughs> it's true y'all yeah so thank you. Send me good. Or your thumbs. Don't take your thumbs for granted. That's true. Your hands or your feet. Like they're vital. And yeah, just send me good juju for getting my toe healed. Soon. Yes. <laughs> we want, please wish and pray for a <laughs> rapid and healthy and speedy recovery. Yeah. Thank you. Can I give two shout outs? No, save them. We don't have that many. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So, uh, my shout out today will be no, no. Only we only do one shout out. What? For, yes. I thought we each get one. No, each last episode. time I didn't give a shout out. Well, I know, but gave, that was your fault. Last two, you gave a shout out twice. Like what? We give one shout out per episode. Don't worry, there's plenty of episodes and not that many listeners. So one shout out per an episode. Yes. Yes. I disagree that way with it's that. Special. But Save it for the production. Well, it has been another spectacular round with you, Zeleny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 22 in the bag.
we're so glad that you could join us. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week for another episode. Who knows what it'll be, but you'll have to follow us on our social media platforms. And if you don't hear from us, go follow us no. on <laughs> at Heike Book Club. That's not the line. I know. <laughs> I know. I guess if you don't hear from us, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.